This show is part of the Planetside Podcast Network. For more information, go to planetsidepodcasts.com. And thank you for listening. Welcome to I Shouldn't Have to Say This, where we discuss topics we believe deserve some critical and nuanced thinking. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email saythiscast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at saythiscast. Also visit saythiscast.pinecast.co for previous episodes. People who love and care about you will disappoint you every day. It's part of life. People aren't perfect, and sometimes they make decisions that you wouldn't make. So why on God's green earth do we expect content creators to do better than the people who love us and know us well? Maybe I shouldn't have to say this, but even if a content creator creates content that resonates with you, they should not be somebody who you expect to be your hero. Hey, party podcast people. This week, we're going to talk about a really fun topic, which is to say, kill your heroes in media and media criticism. It's going to be super fun. Let's go. I'm going to keep it light this time. <laughs> so basically today, what I'm going to be talking about is the concept of hero worship, and more specifically, the way that we elevate the content creators that we enjoy to a level of moral and, I guess, social superiority to everybody else around us. This is a unflinching part of the human experience. To some degree, people look for people to look up to. And in the age of the internet and parasocial relationships, often this means that you end up looking up to people who you don't know well. You only know them from the work that they produce. And when you peek behind the veil, occasionally, it's too much for you. And this is damaging for a lot of reasons. Number one being, when you lose your hero, you end up feeling very upset about it. So then when you try and figure out what you should be doing, especially if it's like in a political space, you end up thinking and acting based on your emotions rather than what would be the most useful both to the movement and also to the people around you. So I'm vague posting about the ContraPoints drama and all of the shit surrounding it. So who's ContraPoints? ContraPoints is the largest left-leaning YouTuber out these days covering political topics consistently. She has 750,000 uh, YouTube subscribers. She's known for her incredible aesthetic work and also her typically pretty nuanced takes. And lately, and maybe like for a while now, ContraPoints has been kind of upsetting people for her takes about non-binary people or what people perceive her takes to be. Can you... uh? Go into just, um, like, quickly, non-binary. Can you define that for the peoples? Okay, so gender is, like, two peaks of a mountain, and there's a big-ass valley between them, 
everything between those two big ass peaks where like you know the majority of the population is male or female anything between those or outside of there like if you left the valley and you were just not in the mountain range anymore that would be non-binary it's kind of an all-encompassing term so non-binary trans person meaning somebody who is trans but not within the gender binary of man or woman would non-binary include gender queer people or uh is that just people that just don't describe to either appellation i think that non-binary would encompass those people because it says not within the it literally means not within the binary and i might be mixing terms slightly I always recommend that if you hear terms that you don't necessarily know the definition for, that you, dear listener, should Google it. Not because I'm being mean, but because I don't, I want to make sure that I'm not spreading misinformation. And though I believe that I'm correct, I want to make sure that y'all have a better understanding for listening to this podcast. That's right. And I mean, obviously, we're always going to be correct. I mean, I'm usually right. So ContraPoints, who for aesthetic reasons I'm going to be re- uh, referring to as Natalie Wynn for the rest of the show, is somebody that a lot of people on the left really look up to. She is responsible for de-radicalizing a lot of people from the right onto the left, for radicalizing a lot of centrists onto the left, and deepening a lot of leftist perception of, like, you know, left-wing politics. I know that through watching her videos, I move slightly more left if such a thing is possible than I was before. But her herself, or she herself, is a liberal. That's what she says she is. Now, she hasn't really defined that, and so in these days where terms are constantly used in different ways, it's very difficult to tell what that means, but she's not as far left as a lot of her audience. When Natalie fucks up, or people don't like her takes, it disappoints people. And when people get disappointed, they get upset. And like, I'm not going to comment about like the validity of those concerns. I do think that like, regardless of whatever she does, if somebody has like a concern, it should be heard for what it is. But people react emotionally to that. And that can come out in a lot of ways. That can come in like, you know, nuanced, criticism that validates that feeling but also is able to set aside those emotions and make the point that needs to be made and it also manifests in people who are like you are absolutely a true scum meaning somebody who doesn't think that non-binary people are valid um you are a monster and you don't belong on the left this would be the danger of hero worship when you idolize somebody and that person disappoints you how you react is kind of related to how high up on that fucking pedestal you put them as a rule uh if you have if you have someone that you respect a great amount and you put them on that pedestal then they they're still human and they might screw up and they might uh say something stupid or they might have really bad opinions. And one thing that, you know, we're going to talk about is like what you're, ra- you're wrapping your identity up in another person or your view of another person. Yeah, that is a huge issue. That should not be a thing. <laughs> Again, 
I said at the beginning of this episode that this is like an inalienable part of human experience. For a long time in your childhood, you wrap up a whole lot of your identity in your parents or like your guardian and you look to them for guidance in most situations for most people. And the moment that you realize that they're human and they can't wipe your ass forever is kind of a <laughs> jarring experience. Or the first time they share like a political take that you disagree with. That's wild. It's crazy. My parents are capitalists, and I'm definitely not. And when you sit down at the dinner table and we're talking about politics, it's always wild to me when we have takes that are all the way at two sides of the left-leaning spectrum. And it still surprises me. And I'm 25, which isn't that old, but I have been having these disagreements for a long time. So I, I do want to say that. I don't think that you can avoid hero worship together. However, part of growing up is figuring out how to deal with that emotion. People you respect will disappoint you. They are imperfect and your political beliefs will never align fully with another person. So they will sell you a take that you think is problematic or you don't like. So what do you do with that? Just take it and scrunch it up in a ball and, and shove it deep inside your soul and, and just like hide it behind fast food or something or like or like alcohol is that is that where we're going that- i mean for me alcohol but for you uh listener definitely not so in regards to the uh i'm gonna use natalie Wynn as an example because this episode is gonna be releasing pretty soon we'll probably still be in the middle of this discourse because it's somehow survived for weeks and because it's fresh on my mind but um contrapoints Natalie. I can't. I want to refer to her as Natalie, but my brain refers to her as ContraPoints because that's how I know her in my brain still. Well, there's the there's the person and there's the hero. Yeah. Or the the person and the and the character. Yeah. And it's hard to when you only know that person through that character, it's hard to uh dissociate the the two. Yeah. Like, I'm going to tell y'all, yeah. personally, I'm having a difficult time divorcing myself from like the the um the slight hero worship i had for her like i still really respect her craft and i do respect her takes on most issues but like i recognize that i should see her more as like natalie when the human being and less as contrapoints yeah. because their beliefs may be different that's that, that's that's hard it's hard to divorce those things yeah but a brief overview of the contrapoints shit just so people understand. So for a long time now, non-binary people have had some questions about Natalie Wynn's politics. Though Natalie herself is a trans woman, every once in a while, she says something that kind of sounds a little bit, if you squint at it in the right direction, like non-binary people are not valid. This comes up in her videos sometimes. Sometimes she'll play a character called Tiffany Tumbles, who is a facsimile of Blair White, who is a true scum, who doesn't believe that non-binary people are valid and think that, and also thinks that you need to have like medical surgery in order to be a valid trans person. So there's that. That's insanity. Just, yeah. You know, we'll just stick that in there. Just, it's insanity. Yeah. Thank we're going to put that in the drawer for a second. Yeah. My perception of the situation is sometimes Natalie will talk about the things that she's needed to do in order to feel as valid as a trans woman for herself. And people will then extrapolate her claims to like the broader trans community, though like it's either 
she'll either start or end the statement with that. But, like, my perception doesn't matter here. She said some stuff that's yikesy. And then, in her most recent video, Opulence, she had a lot of voiceover work, and she worked with a certain man. His name is Buck Angel. He is a 57-year-old former porn star and a um, trans activist who's also a trans medicalist and a true scum. He does not believe that non-binary people are valid. He also outed one of the Wachowski sisters before the Wachowski sisters were both out. So that was also pretty shitty. And if you don't know, the Wachowski sisters are the people that uh, are the two um, sisters that made the Matrix trilogy. And they're trans women uh, just to blow your boomer minds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they came out, I think, ju- just before the, the the second Matrix movie. I'm not I'm not exactly sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, it it was it was crazy at the time. Yeah. But just so everybody knows. Buck is a shitty fucking person. He has a relationship with... Fuck, is it Graham Linehan? I think it is. The worst transphobe on the planet. And he also spends a lot of his time on Twitter not talking about what you can do for binary trans folk, but saying these trans trenders are ruining our lives as binary trans folks. He's harmful to the trans community, specifically non-binary people, but the broader community as well. And also, he's literally as old as my father. <laughs> <laughs> just, just throw that out there. <laughs> he's real fucking old. I. He's really old. It's not an excuse, but like, it's part of the equation. So I'm just mentioning that. It's not like this is a young, supple trans man doing this. <laughs> young, supple trans man. Although there man. is, ironically, somebody doing that. But we can talk about that later. Okay, can we? We'll put a pin in, in using the word supple. Okay. <laughs> but we might come back to that later. Buck Angel's a shitty person, and Natalie specifically got him to be in her video. This set a lot of people off. Though you couldn't really tell that he was in the video when you were, like, just watching it because it's just a voiceover and nobody knows what his voice sounds like, really, unless you've just watched a lot of the pornos that he's been in. But afterwards, in big print, like, it, he's credited, and then on Twitter, Natalie retweeted him and said, This is such an honor to have you in this show. I'm so glad to have had you in this show. This really bothered non-binary people, and it was terrible fucking optics, at the very fucking least. So now, non-binary people don't trust Natalie, and they really trusted her before. Or a lot of people did. And the reaction to this latest situation has been really strong for the last... It feels like a long time since this uh, Natalie drama happened, but apparently Opulence is a week old. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) But for this entire week, it's been pretty sustained. People are very angry and it makes sense. However... There are a lot of people who are saying some pretty stupid fucking things. For instance, ContraPoints shouldn't have a channel because she's a true scum and she's hurting the trans community. Or she should be deplatformed because clearly she's not for non-binary people, even though, like, all of the 
content that she's produced says the opposite, that she is for binary people and thinks that they are valid. But this whole drama has been very aggravating and it's really, above all else, highlighted the fact that like people elevated her to an unhealthy level. And if you are familiar with her content or if you Google her and become familiar with her content, you will quickly figure out why that is. For ContraPoint specifically, her brand kind of revolves around elevating her above the stature of a regular person. The aesthetics in her videos are ethereal, the makeup is to the nines, the writing, everything is very, very extra. And then to add on to this, people in her community will say like, oh god, our dark mother, and all sorts of weird shit. And she kind of feeds off of that, or she encourages it. And this has created a really toxic relationship between her and her fan community. From people who are calling the non-binary people who are just trying to get a clear answer the next Gamergate, which is actually a tweet that exists from a nobody Twitter account. Ugh. Or, you know, from the people who are disillusioned with her and asking for her to be deplatformed. Neither of these is the right reaction to this problem. And there is a problem with Natalie and her conduct online. What may be the solution here is some education that we can't necessarily engage in because she's pretty fucking shit at taking criticism online. But then you look at the criticism and the like arc of it and how angry it is. And I don't know, every YouTuber online who doesn't have a whole PR team is doing the work celebrities pay like entire departments to do it's just them reading all of your tweets about how they should fucking die or, or like they're not allies to the trans community and i think that it would be really difficult to read all of that and to not get upset well that's gonna do i mean just just reading stuff like that is going to do harm it's going like it's you know please don't do that to us <laughs> i'm a published writer and I like did just a little bit of games criticism on some little websites and some of the comments I got were really personal and I'll never forget this guy who told me like that I was being super unethical and how do I sleep at night lying like I do. Wow. And even that one comment like ruined my day so I honestly can't imagine how it would feel to be Natalie and to and to read all of this shit and to like expect her to sift through it and find the nugget of truth like yes this would be the correct thing to do but is it the thing that she's gonna be able to do realistically probably not so how do we as like you know part of a broader political movement react to when people disappoint us because no matter how you slice it you're going to be thrown in with the lowest common denominator. So what do you do? I think step one is to calm the fuck down. <laughs> this is something that we learned in the Me Too movement, I think. Your anger when people are like literal monsters is well placed. However, in order to like make the moves that you're going to need to make, you need to be calm and like figure out a plan for what you're going to do. So imagine if ContraPoint's fucked up and people took a second to just say like, hmm, my hero fucked up. 
Maybe she's not really my hero. She's just a person. How can I word a comment so that maybe she'll take it into account? And then rather than sitting there and like word vomiting all of your breathy, angered emotions, you really think through it. And then rather than like pulling on drama from months ago, you watch it back, baby, and then you come to another conclusion with it. And you're able to address the whole situation without fucking losing it. Calm the fuck down. That's what you should get out of that. Yeah. And... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I can't really add anything more, but just, like, emphatically, just you need to breathe through it. Yeah. Because just being angry on the internet doesn't help, and a lot of times it hurts. Yeah. It hurts, like, what you're trying to do. Think before you step. It takes... Uh, I've been in conversations on... Conversations. I've been in, in, in threads on the, on the net, and... Um, like there's someone that comes up and I agree with them, but they're being a dick about it. And I tell, I like, sometimes I say like, look, if you want to change this person's mind, you can't communicate like that. Or you can't, you, you can't, you can't just put it out like that because then they'll just discount yeah, they're you. Gonna, you're going to shut them down. You know, exactly. You, and they're going to dig in because... A lot of people are defensive. That's just how human nature works. So when someone comes at you with just pure raw emotion and you don't know what's going on, you're going to take a, you're going to dig in and take a step back and say, well, whatever. So if you want to tell like the Natalie Wynn um, or ContraPoints that, that she did a whoopsie, <laughs> then going at her is a terrible plan. Yeah. Specifically because we've also noticed that she is more likely to pull a stunt and shut down than to take the criticism well. She's not that good at being online, guys. She's been here for like two years or something like that. It takes a lot of years to adjust to being a public figure. And I'm not saying that she deserves your utmost respect and shit, but if you want to get shit done, <laughs> you need to be an adult about it and, and like figure how to do it. Let's move to step two. Step All two right. would be to figure out what needs to be done. So with the ContraPoint stuff, part of the problem is that there are a lot of people who think that she should be wholesale disavowed. And I think that this is a remnant from or a still valid piece of the Me Too movement. When somebody fucks up, you want to deplatform them. It happens. However, not every situation of somebody fucking up requires deplatforming. And this would be one of the situations where education would probably be the more important thing to do. Because Natalie does do a lot of good, objectively, and I will argue about it. That's a hill that I'm willing to die on. Regardless of whether she's wrong about this or right, I don't know what her opinion is. I don't feel comfortable making that assertment because there are these couple of data points but then the work says something completely different and like it's hard for me to tell either way well you look at the person's actions and you look at what they're saying and then you have to make a decision like without with all of that for yourself yeah but regardless i don't think that any way you slice this she needs to be deplatformed similarly sometimes people say something stupid and the reaction that they need or that would be the most efficient and like useful isn't deplatforming. Sometimes it's education. Sometimes it's just saying, okay, I need to move on from this community. 
and you recognize what they do for a different group of people. So, like, Natalie is good at radicalizing people in a way that the majority of us aren't good at radicalizing people. And when we say radicalizing, you mean radicalizing them to the yes. to the left, kicking them out of the being a centrist or being like a center left yeah. person and and moving them into the realm of of being yeah, a leftist. persuading people that left wing politics are where it's at. Right. So that's what I'm saying. This is valuable work and saying, you know, I don't think I need this service anymore and I can't abide by these comments that she makes, but I'm going to let her rock with it because I we need people like that on the left and regardless of my personal needs or the needs of my little group over here, I can recognize that she moves people into my corner or closer to my corner at the very least. This is kind of important to me. Recognizing the utility in people in the community, even if you don't agree with them all the time, is of the utmost importance to leftism and to any political movement. Deplatforming is not always the right answer. It's the right answer always for people who are on the right, but like sometimes not on the left. <laughs> Obviously, if they're a pedophile or something like that, if they're a predator, kick them the fuck out. Deplatform them, yeah. ruin their lives. I don't care. But a but like an ideological difference, like a niche ideological difference. Eh? You think that she, she yeah. may be a transmed because this, this, and this, but you're not sure. That's not really rising to the threshold. So, here is kind of the last point that I want to make about what you do when people disappoint you. Kill them. They aren't a hero anymore. They're just a person. Not not actually kill like, them. Like, kill them in your mind. Kill your heroes. There you go. So, like, the idea <laughs> of them that you have is not the person that... The, is not the person that exists. The idea of your mama is not what your mama actually is. And the closer you can get to accepting your mama just as is, the closer you can get to understanding her and being less upset when she fucks up. What I'm trying to say is don't let people get to that level where you venerate them like they aren't a person anymore. Because I guarantee you that they will disappoint you. They're human. Yeah. But as I said, this isn't an inalienable part of like life. So what do you do? Where do you direct this need to find somebody to look up to? I recommend the people in your life. Like if you got a friend, a really dope friend, make them your hero. Understand that sometimes they'll mess up, but like that's a safer bet than somebody who you literally can't talk to if they disappoint you. Having somebody you elevate on a pedestal, when they disappoint you, you can say, hey, you disappointed me in these ways. You cannot do this with Natalie Wynn. It's a difference. And it's a core one. You don't have a close personal friendship with Natalie Wynn. You watch her on a TV box. So... Maybe I shouldn't have to say this, but don't venerate the people you watch on YouTube. Don't venerate actors or politicians. All of these people are the same type of shitty people that you are. We all are human beings. We fuck up constantly. We sometimes say stupid things. And we also, we also have an amalgam of beliefs. Some are good and woke. Some are bad. And sometimes we have opinions that are not correct by 
greater standards, and yet they align with our personal experience, and so we hold on to them. And you'll never be able to have those nuanced conversations with people that you don't know in real life or even online. Nobody is above reproach. Work on trying to see everybody as a human being and to have your heroes be the people who exist around you on a daily basis. All right, time to talk about what is good and happy in our lives. What a, what is good in your life? Nicole? Well, I've been playing Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links, which is kind of a light version of like the original Yu-Gi-Oh! trading card game on mobile and on Steam as well. It's as money grubbing as you might think, but like so are <laughs> T TGC games trading TCG games. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> trading trading card, card games. games are always kind of money grubbing. They're the original loot boxes. But it has been as a as a former yeah. magic player. But it's yes. been really fun yes, and I've been more motivated to play it because you can earn in-game currency pretty easily and buy card packs, which is something that you can't do in real life. You can't really build a deck from scratch unless you're going to pay like 50 bucks for card packs or some shit. And so being able to do this for free has been really fun for me because it lets me enjoy card games. Also, card games tend to be way too fucking long for me and I lose interest and I get really upset as soon as I start losing. And this way, <laughs> it keeps it nice and snappy. And I've been playing with my girlfriend, which is really fun. Shout out to you, baby. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, was that it? She hasn't been listening to this, okay, so I'm gonna cool. get her. <laughs> <laughs> my thing is... Well, I got this, I, I'm in this Twitter um, message thing with, with two people, uh, and one of them sent this hilarious thing, and I realized I would not have met them if I didn't have Discord. And th just thinking about that for a second, it was just really, just thinking, like, t taking a step back and thinking, like, there's this program on your computer that lets you, like, actually connect with other people and actually like make lasting relationships with other people it, it it's really it's really cool just thinking about that this one thing and i'm sure that at some point discord will milkshake duck like all over the place it'll you know because <laughs> you shouldn't venerate your heroes or anything um if you want to know about milkshake duck then just look at the Look at the show notes. I'll put it there. But it's really it. I just thinking about this uh, this thing. It really made me happy thinking about how anybody from across the world can actually like talk to each other and actually communicate. And I've learned a lot from the people on the different Discord servers that that I've become a member of. So I thought that was That's pretty cool. touching. Yeah, we wouldn't know each yeah. other about Discord. So thanks so much for listening to I Shouldn't Have to Say This. If you want to learn more about today's topic, then we'll have links and stuff in the description and the show notes. Uh, if you have any thoughts or opinions or comments or whatever, you can email us uh, at saythiscast at gmail.com. And you can follow Say This Cast on Twitter at saythiscast. 
And you can go to saythiscast.pinecast.co to listen to previous episodes. If you want to support the show, then we have a brand new Patreon. Really excited about it. There's a lot of cool like tiers and everything that we're wor- working on right now. Uh, but if you go to patreon.com slash saythiscast, then there are different tiers that you can uh support the show at 1, 5, 10, 15, like there's, there's lots of stuff. So say this cast, uh, so patreon.com slash say this cast. All of our music is by Mustin. You can hear more at store.mustinenterprises.com. Mustin is M-U-S-T-I-N. So Nicole, where can we find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Jack of Three Trades. That's with the number three or at blackgirlgaming.com. And you can find me at Press Start Lock, and you can follow me on Twitch at Press Start Morlock. I Shouldn't Have to Say This is a collaboration between blackgirlgaming.com and Planetside Podcasts. Planetsidepodcasts.com. So yeah, on the whole, Discord is pretty awesome. There might be some Nazis using the platform, but that's good on the large. There's that's that's gonna happen. Nazis, Nazis infiltrate. Nazis are gonna happen. Creeps. Yeah, they infiltrate. They're like roaches, but not as useful. That's true. Roaches are better. That's that's the hill we're going to die on. I shouldn't have to say this. Roaches are better than Nazis. <laughs>